Should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. So electrified looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Hey, Jim. Hello, hello. It's a, it's a crazy day. Um, Crazier than usual? Um, well, just in terms of number of Zoom calls. <laughs> I noticed on an earlier Zoom call you were wearing a tie, which I found impressive. Well, I don't know why I should really dress super differently for those things than I would normally. And it helps motivate me. I've been having the opposite feeling, which is that I want to wear less and less professional clothing. And then I'm like, why did I ever wear professional clothing in the first place? Like, it's yeah. ridiculous. How are, you, how are you marking and delineating your time? Well, I'm not, is the problem. So. Right, which is not sustainable. And, and I think even... Oh, I, you don't know me. I can sustain all manner of unhealthy behavior for quite some time. I do know you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do some thinking about it. Yeah. About life, work, balance. Yeah. I would like to learn something new today. And I'm hoping you can help me. We'll do my best. So first, let me tell you, Back when this first started, a friend of mine called and we were talking and she said something about malaria drugs. And she was like, malaria drugs help. Do you have any? So then a few weeks later, Trump starts talking about hydroxychloroquine, hydroquin. Oh my God. Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Anyway, he starts talking about that, and I'm like, who would believe that that could work? And then only like yesterday did I connect these two things in my mind. Okay. Well, hydroxychloroquine is the, the drug that has a lot of national attention just because the president and Dr. Oz and Sean Hannity seem to think that it should. What is this drug? In what sense? Where to come from and what's it used for? Um, as far as exactly how we discovered that it helped treat malaria, um, sorry, can I just? Um, mm-hmm. 1934. Oh my God, it's even older than I thought. I mean, you know, the most dangerous animal in the world is what? I know this one, the mosquito. Yes, because it carries this little parasite. It causes malaria, and this drug is able to inhibit that parasite from effectively spreading. Mm-hmm. So it, it's been vital. It's been listed. You know, the World Health Organization has, has considered it one of you know the most important medications we have for almost a hundred years now. I guess since mm-hmm. 1934, and then also we saw that it seemed to help people who had some autoimmune diseases, lupus and rheumatoid arthritis specifically because it seems to modulate immune responses. Okay. Okay. So it's a malaria drug that also has these benefits for autoimmune diseases. I know. Yeah. That makes it hard to conceptualize to a lot of people. Then I I think that's part of the reason people are open-minded to be like, well, if you can do these various different things, why not try it in this case? Right. Okay, so it's a drug that's around. The other scene-setting question, I guess, is, I mean, for other coronaviruses, do we have medications? Like, I understand with the flu, we have a vaccine, but we don't have, like, a cure pill for the flu. 
Well, but we ha- we have medications that if we give it to people early on, it can modulate the course of the disease. Antiviral medications. Okay. Is what we're looking for, in addition to developing the vaccine, which we know we can do, we're also looking for sort of cure-type drugs that could help the disease either not really have an effect or have a much milder effect? Right. There are two main things we can target here. You can try to stop the virus from replicating effectively, try to have it burn out more quickly, mm-hmm. or you can try to change the immune response. So there are antivirals that are being looked at that kind of change the way the virus might attach to cells in your body or change the way the virus replicates and you know block its replication within your body. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there are other drugs that could just change the way your immune system works, either make it more effective at getting rid of that virus or make it not go into this overdrive mode that kills you. So explain that. Explain that. So initially you get infected and the virus is invading your cells, replicating, taking over, and you start to have an inflammatory process that tries to get rid of it Mm -hmm. and make things okay. And in some people, it does that. You get some inflammation and you get a cough and a fever and maybe a sore throat and some other things, but you don't progress to this stage that everyone worries about so much, uh, which is uh, acute respiratory distress syndrome uh, or cytokine storm where your whole body just sort of goes into extreme inflammatory mode and can no longer function. Right. So I keep hearing this term cytokine storm. Right. Cytokines are the signaling molecules of the immune system. (laughs) Like, hey, there's something here that's a foreign invader and we need to mobilize and get everybody going to eradicate it. Mm -hmm. And when that goes all at once in a real intense way, your body actually can't handle it. So it's like your body is like panicking in a non-productive way? Yes, it's very much like that. As we've learned, um, we're not supposed to do. Yeah, and but the question is just what level is appropriate. You don't want to shut down the immune system completely. Right, because it's working. It. But if it gets overactive, then it actually starts to damage its own self. Right. What I'm trying to understand is there are some treatments that would calm the immune response, and then there's some treatments that would stop the virus itself from replicating. Right. And as far as at what point you are in the disease, different drugs might be more effective. At some point, you might want to just try to eradicate the virus and keep the immune system as revved up as possible. And then at another point, you might want to start to try to modulate the immune system. Mm-hmm. And it's also going to depend who you are, you know? Why is it that some young people um, progress to extremely severe disease and, uh, to, and other people don't? And mm-hmm. we, we need to know more about who benefits from what, when, mm-hmm. in order to say what the proper approaches will be. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's all those variables, but that's the basic dichotomy of how people are thinking about medication for this. Okay. So how did I start hearing about this malaria drug? There were some reports that some people had tried it in China. And is it a reasonable thing to try? Like, is it one option among many that should definitely be studied? There's not a clearly plausible mechanism for its attempted use, but Mm -hmm. people were so desperate that no, no one is against at least trying something that we've had for a hundred years and has been generally extremely helpful in 
modulating the immune system. Right. <laughs> um, and trying it in very small studies and just seeing could this have some effect. Um, right. And so definitely worth a worth a shot in a careful way. Yes. I mean, I think it, most things are right. The, the people are trying antibiotics, which uh, azithromycin, which attacks bacteria, which is not mm -hmm. you have a virus that that doesn't right. make sense. Um, people are trying all different sort of immune modulating drugs to try to just see what can be done. So this is just one of those. And it's a totally new disease to the human body. So we don't know what to do about it exactly at all. But there was a letter published of uh, anecdotal reports in, in China of some people apparently benefiting from this, which led a team in France to try giving a very small number of people who had the virus this drug in, co in combination with azithromycin. And they published those findings. It was not really a study. It was just like some people at our hospital have been getting this. Um, here's a little bit about what happened to them. Mm -hmm. It was not a clinical trial. That quickly got the attention of Dr. Oz, who's been informing the White House. And President Trump became quite focused on it, uh, on those two drugs. Why did Dr. Oz, I mean, what, what's your current feeling about Dr. Oz? He's part of the ecosystem of Fox News on which he's appeared, uh, I think, like two dozen times in the last couple of weeks and advising the president. And he, he's focused very heavily on this drug that essentially gives the administration the appearance of doing something um and it's very proactive like maybe we have a a, a cure or a, a, a very promising treatment and it's a great narrative and he's a he's a you know professional storyteller and but he's known for basically promoting all sorts of things that don't work he right? has well, yeah he said himself in, in interviews he likes to give people hope what's the problem in giving people hope um What's the problem in, you know, uh, making people think about things they wouldn't have thought about before? Um, that's mm -hmm. sort of the way that provocateurs tend to defend their work. And he's been a mouthpiece for this doctor, just blowing him up, just saying how great he is, how forward thinking he is, being absolutely deeply uncritical of it, saying he just wants to get the word out there in a way that's like, uh, it's certainly not journalism. It's definitely entertainment. It's very entertaining to tell people there's a cure. Sure. I mean, yeah. it would be nice if there was a cure. Right, right, right. So there have been other studies around the world that showed mixed results. There's some hope that maybe this could, in the early phases, uh, you know, modulate the disease a bit. Slow replication, we don't know. There's clinical trials going on. There are a lot of them going on. Everyone's hopeful that all of these drugs are going to have some effect. And if it's other like other complex infectious diseases, it will likely be treated with a, a, a cocktail of drugs, as we say, like multiple mm -hmm. drugs and the doses and formula, the, the, uh, yeah, the order in which they're delivered and um, doses will depend on, you know, who you are, how sick you are, what your pre-existing conditions are, all this stuff. Sorting that out takes time and we want to be sure that we know what these drugs actually do. But we have a process for figuring that out and it's happening, but we just don't know yet. Is that right? Yeah. And so... In an emergency, when people are scared, it's very easy to sell the idea, oh, why don't you just, you know, what are you waiting for? There's no time to wait. Just everyone should be taking it. And that's what the president has said. 
he said, I think you should take this. <laughs> People who have malaria and these autoimmune diseases, you know, really need this drug and uh, sometimes can't get it there. It's on now our national <laughs> list of medications of which there's a shortage. Because we've stockpiled it? Um, well, also, just two weeks ago, as soon as President Trump told everyone to try it, and he, he tweeted that it's a game changer and could be maybe the, the most promising drug in the history of medicine. Um, you know, obviously, at a moment when people are desperate and terrified, that's going to lead them to go rush to their doctors and ask for prescriptions. So you're not opposed to this being studied and tried, but it, it needs to be done in a way that we can actually figure out what its effect is if it is, in fact, helpful or harmful. Yeah, it's been safely used in people with people who are generally healthy, who, who have lupus and arthritis. But that's different from someone who's, you know, on the brink of being unable to breathe. Right. And every single little thing that you do to their biochemistry is the, the effect of that is amplified in, in a moment like that. So right. it's certainly not so implausible that there's not reason to test it, especially once people have it in their heads like this. You definitely need to test it. That's another discussion for another time. But like testing things just because people believe they work versus because they're actually right. plausible. So we study things like acupuncture, not because someone was like, oh, here's a plausible mechanism for something that would help people, but because a lot of people believe in it and do it. And so therefore, people wanted studies to know how and if it's working. Side note, does it work? Because I do it sometimes. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, no, that like, wait, no real belief. question. Does acupuncture work? Wait. Oh, no, that's another whole podcast. Yes or no? No, it, it's not how questions like that work. Oh my God. Yes and no. Our podcast good. Listen, I, this is actually frustrating to me in our conversations where I feel like I just want a simple answer. <laughs> and what you keep insisting on is that the answers are complex and conditional. But I think that's a lot of people's problem, right? So you're in this binary thinking mode, which we all do in places that are sort of blind spots for us. I do this with sort of, um, I don't know anything about auto mechanics. Mm -hmm. I just want someone to tell me what is good to do. And I right. do exactly. it. But we want that from medicine, especially in crisis. <laughs> well, we want to be told the, what to do, how to fix the problem. I mean, yeah, and 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 we'll know more about that. And it, it, it's the, but I want the answer now. People are dying. Right, they are. So you don't want to have more people die or make it worse or have another variable in this equation where you're like, all of a sudden you realize that it can have this strange effect in people who are who have this brand new disease, and you didn't realize it. And now you're trying to figure out how many of these people who went to the ICU was were, were going to go anyway, or and how many were because this drug had this specific effect on their liver or uh, on any other thing that you weren't thinking of. I mean, we want certainty, obviously. I mean, you can blame people who should know better, like Dr. Oz, from peddling false hope, which could have you know, damaging consequences. But can you blame Trump for wanting this to be true? 
Like, isn't it kind of a transparent Hail Mary, like a, a sign of his own desperation? Yeah. And he he's, you know, he's sort of right in that he says, you know, it's really bad when you get on a ventilator. We want to keep people off the ventilator. So that's why I'm hoping or, you know, it, that's why you should take this. He's, he phrases it wrong. But I understand what he's saying that when, yeah, when you are in your 70s and 80s um, and you have to go on a ventilator, the statistics are bad um, in any case. But I think part of it's very well a political narrative that it seems like Dr. Huss and Sean Hannity may have a part or do have a part in. But part of it could very well be, yeah, everyone wants this to be true. That, that's the thing is no one doesn't want this to, to work. No one does. Everyone wants all these drugs to work and be immediately available to everyone and help everyone. When will we know? When will we know how to treat this? When we have clinical trials in the next in the in the coming months, and there's not going to be a drug that cures everyone. There's not going to be a cure. Yeah, that's just it. We don't have that for the flu. We don't have that for the common cold. What we do is we modulate the disease, and we need. So there may be some drugs that make it less likely for certain types of people to die in certain scenarios. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, I think people are still, myself included, like still coming to this. <laughs> having such a hard time. I mean, we're still talking about, I mean, now we're talking about like, when can we get the economy up and running again? And when can we all go outside again? And when can, when is all this going to be over? And the answer is still like a year. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, we just keep trying to come up with new ideas that the answer is not a year. Right. (laughs) Well, there'll be moments when we'll be able to ease things a little bit. And that's what we've seen in other countries. As far as w- before we go back to having Coachella again, which I know is your question, like you can dance around it, but that is your question. Um, <laughs> that, you, th- that, you think I would go to Coachella? No, I don't. I know you would not. I'm not 22 anymore. Yeah. I, you know, society's forever changed. And we're going to think about interactions with people in, at all, uh, uh, differently for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So even when the risk is low, there will be a lot of people who will be much more just wanting to avoid closeness in a large crowd. Even if we got to 100% immunity through vaccination, you know, I think there would still be this lingering feeling of that just not being right. Because for so long, we weren't even allowed to shake hands. And now you want me to like. Right be grinding up against other people at a concert and have them spilling their drinks on me. And that's just gross and dangerous. Well, no one will ever bop for an apple ever again. (laughs) Huh? That is gone. Huh? I hadn't thought about apple bobbing. I Um, guess that's kind of my Coachella. (laughs) Oh, wow. You had a funny joke for once. (laughs) Um, all right. I have to go on to the TV. Okay, you have to go on a DV. Here, here's a just last question. If I can't get hopeful about hydroxychloroquine. You can get hopeful about anything you want. Tell me how to maintain hope. The people are doing great work to investigate these things and, and roll them out safely and make sure, like, every day the doctors and nurses and everyone is getting better at developing protocols and knowing how to treat this disease and how to keep people alive. And... A single drug may end up being helpful, but it's we're, we're learning this whole process of testing and triage, and it's all getting better day by day. That's great. Yeah. I mean, if you're to get go into the hospital a month from now, your odds of uh, just having a less miserable experience will be much higher than they were if you went in today. So we are getting better. It's just not a miracle drug, instant miracle drug. <laughs> 
Who are you talking to on TV? Uh, you know, I'm talking to Katie Turr. You better get on it. Good thing you wore your tie. It'd be embarrassing if you didn't have a tie on. I feel fine wearing a tie now. Makes me feel like I have a normal life. <laughs> for a moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Just for one moment. This show is produced today by Kevin Townsend with help from Anna Waters and Jacqueline Landry. You can write us at socialdistanceattheatlantic.com or uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Bye. 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 So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's beyond zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our beyond zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero.